Hey all, welcome back to a dram of diving. Uh, we have been officially doing this for one year now. Um, and on this one year anniversary, we are looking at, um, we have Shearwater joining us. We're giving away a free Shearwater Peregrine. And uh, we have a brand new studio uh, that you guys might've seen me. I was on the TDI live chat uh, last week and we've got that going on so brand new studio more whiskey more shelf room for whiskey uh and i got a couple of bottles i need to thank people for uh and we're gonna get to everything in a minute as you guys know or uh are just joining us we do have in the comments you can find our soundcloud uh this lives in a podcast also uh, we are hosting one year from right now a dirty dozen trip uh, where uh, Drama Diving is a special guest. Uh, there are a few spots left for that, but not very many. Uh, click the links in the comments to go ahead and sign up for that. Uh, and then, as always, we want to thank our Patreons. Uh, real quick, before we get started with our guest, I want to thank John for the Dad's Hat Rye Whiskey. Uh, we're going to drink that one tonight because he requested that. And then Matt Crow for the Port Charlotte heavy, Heavily Peated Uh he said, I got to throw an ice cube in that one. So I don't really have ice yet set up in the new spot. So we're going to set that one to the side. I'm going to pour this one and we're going to have our special guest come on from Shearwater and introduce himself. So welcome. How are we doing? Doing great. Uh, thank you, Jason, for having me. And especially in this momentous occasion with your one year anniversary. Right. And I didn't realize until Facebook started giving us notifications. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, that sounds about right. That works. Um, and it was a... It wasn't a clear-cut start, like uh, quite literally. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the show or not, but quite literally it, it ended up being where uh, I sat in a room and interviewed some friends, um, and then Aaron Argostrom and Eric Fine, basically I blamed those two, uh, and Aaron and I were supposed to share some whiskey at DEMA, and we never got a chance to, so we did on live, and they were like, this is great. We should do more of that. And I was like, you want me to drink whiskey and talk about diving? I'll drink whiskey and talk about diving, apparently. And we normally have pretty good viewership for me to do that. And I guarantee it's my guess. It has nothing to do with me and the whiskey. Well, it actually might just be the whiskey. But um, people tend to join us for that. Um, so before we get fully started, people are going to ask this question. If you want to be able to win the free Peregrine Dive computer, this is not the actual one. The actual one arrives tomorrow. I got shipping confirmation for that. Um, if you want to win the free Shearwater Peregrine, you need to throw a question in uh, for us, and then uh, we are going to uh, make sure that you like the Drama Diving and Shearwater page. If you like both of those and you're been selected at random, we will uh, arrange to figure out some way to get it to you. So uh, we got to figure out how to do that and what country and yada, yada, yada. So we'll figure all that out later on. Um, and go from there. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of give us a general rundown of what you got going on, how you got where you are. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Gabriel Pineda. started diving when I was 14, 1990. So you can do the math, see how old I am. <laughs> started with my dad at 14. My dad started with his dad at 14. And because I started with my dad, he was training me with protocols from the 60s, the ones that he, his dad used to train in, and no SPGs, but the J-valves and uh, no BCDs, and uh, here, swim 100 meters with an empty tank on your back. If you make it, just keep on moving to the next <laughs> skill set. Uh, it, was, uh, it was fun. I'm from, originally from Honduras, Central America. 
came uh, in to live in Canada in 2003, became a Shearwater customer in 2011 when I bought my Predator uh, first time. Uh, had an interesting story around that, but we may come back in circle to that one. All right. <laughs> uh, in uh, 2017, August 2017, I started working with Shearwater in uh, marketing, and currently I'm the director of sales and marketing for Shearwater. Um, have been diving with uh, the people from Shearwater for a long time, and it's part of the local dive community here in Vancouver and, and beyond that. Um, if you're in, into diving, uh, you probably know somebody or have spoken with somebody uh, from uh, Shearwater here in the local community at least. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Shearwater's changed a lot, a lot, a lot over the years. Um, so uh, we'll get into that one second. I just want to clarify, Jesse, if you want to try to win the computer, you actually have to form a question, not just say hello. So let's just put it. I just want to clarify to Jesse because sometimes he needs a little extra help. So you actually have to put a question in. You can't just win it by saying hi. But hello, Jesse. Nice to see you. Um, we do have some questions already. So we'll get to those in a little bit. Um, so. Uh, Shearwater, it's going through a lot of different phases. Um, it started out as um, for the only technical dive shops. That's it. Like when I first tried to get a Shearwater dealership, they're like, you need to have X number of technical instructors on staff and you need X number of computers purchased. And then that relaxed um, a, a fair amount. So uh, can you give us any insight on the history, like maybe the change? And, and I'm not sure whether you, how long you were at the company with those changes and, and what the insight is, but about how how the philosophy of Shearwater has changed over the years from really it was a, we are tech only, we want nothing to do with the rest of the market to being a Peregrine, a completely recreational $450 US dollar computer. How, how has that progress happened? It's quite interesting that you mentioned it because our roots are indeed in the technical uh, diving market. If you look at the scuba market as a triangle, let's say it's a triangular shape at the very tip, you have the more sophisticated divers, rebreather divers. But even though the level of sophistication is very high, the volumes of people in that segment are very small. So if you want to run a business or, or create a business plan, it's not typical that you start in the smallest segment possible. Quite the contrary, you go to the base of the pyramid and you start in, in there, but the intent was not that originally. Uh, Bruce had sold a computer-related business, was semi-retired, uh, went uh, into uh, sailing for a while. And while sailing, I believe, in the Caribbean, started getting into uh, uh, scuba diving. And he got in there with, uh, with a vengeance. Uh, he, he became uh, quite adept at it to the point where he uh, became a rebreather instructor. One of the complaints back, the company started in 2004. So if you go back in those days, dive computers for technical diving were counter indicated. It was, uh, and, and it was not just a certain segment of, uh, of training or philosophy, diving philosophy, uh, even people like uh, uh, Steve Lewis, uh, you being from TDI, you probably know about Steve Lewis. Uh, he, wrote blogs around uh, why that computers were counterindicated back in those days. And there's very compelling reasons. Well, in order to address some of those objections and reasons, uh, Bruce started building that computers. In fact, the very first one that he built 
the machine was not a dive computer in itself, but it was a, a set of electronics that converted a KISS rebreather, a manual KISS rebreather into an ECCR. Hmm. They didn't have any uh, decompression information, but it had this massive box of metal box that was reading uh, um, sensors and firing solenoids with hoses going in and, and so on. So from then on, uh, he started expanding that to include decompression information, started building uh, more computers, um, word of mouth started spreading. And so he started selling to his friends. And uh, pretty soon the living room was not enough, moved to the spare bedroom, then the spare bedroom is not enough. Uh, then uh, now you, you have uh, to rent a, 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 an office or a warehouse, it gets bigger, and then you rent a bigger one, and all of a sudden you have uh, a factory, and now we're in our third location, and uh, we just finished our move in December uh, to have uh, twice as much uh, uh, floor space. Uh, we have been three years in a row in Canada's 500 uh, fastest growing uh, companies and uh, ranking uh, in a solid center between between those actually uh, higher than than the 250th uh, so it's uh, it's been a, a good uh, wild ride throughout those period when we started in technical diving at the tip we've been percolating to more basic levels of diving in 2014 i believe in the petrol, we introduced the uh, recreational mode where we had simplified menus that were making it easier for uh, more basic divers uh, to understand the computer in itself. Then we come up with the Perdix and the Perdix AI early in 2016. And when we started with the AI, um, it was uh, after having uh, thought that this would be a big appeal for recreational divers trying to serve those segments of the market. Uh, then to our surprise, we started finding that many side mounters and rebreather divers uh, actually like diving with transmitters. And uh, that was a right that was a whole thing when you guys did that. It was like, I can't believe they're going to put AI into a tech computer and we actually did a drama diving and, and, and they, um, I, some people changed my opinion on, um, like using transmitters solely. Uh, that's definitely a, uh, thing, but yeah, that was a whole, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, but that was a whole thing. Um, you guys in the air integration. Yeah. So. Going back to your question on, on how it was, uh, definitely. Yeah. It was a point, a point in time where, we were technical dive computers for technical divers. And I remember mm -hmm. it was probably 2010 when I was doing my research and due diligence as a diver on what kind of computer to buy and pick up the phone. I think it was Bruce that answered and started making all these questions. How does it work about gas changes and so on? And um, will you have transmitters? Nope. This is a technical dive computer. We're yeah. not doing that. If you want transmitters, you got to go somewhere else for a different type of computer. So, okay, okay, just checking, just checking mm -hmm. what kind of uh, of, of company uh, this is and, and what kind of computer you're, you're building. Is it compatible with uh, my philosophy of diving and so on? Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're totally right. 
there was once upon a time where it was just for technical virus. Yeah. And that's the way it's progressed. I mean, we we were talking before the show started of, you know, when when we first started looking at getting in and and we didn't have, you know, the capabilities and then, all right, so we're going to do a nitrox mode. So now that we did a nitrox mode, then recreational shops can have it, but we're only doing, I had to write a dissertation on why we should be a Shearwater dealer. Like, and they wouldn't even research who was close to us. Like I literally had to go, okay, the closest dealer is this person. We don't have the same demographic because of this. And I should have Shearwater computers because of this. I felt like I was asking them to the prom it was freaking amazing um and uh they finally came through with or we finally got got accepted into it um but let's see here we have a couple of uh we got some brown nosers in here we're gonna throw them up because i just want to put them up there kevin what makes shearwater so appealing and you can answer or not answer any of these um then we've got why is Shearwater the best dive computer ever made? You guys just want a free computer. I see how y'all are. Uh, Rick has an actual one since we're kind of on the topic. I was gonna wait till later for it, and it's I think we all know the answer and what's not gonna be the answer. But any plans to make the Peregrine Air integrated? Oh, there was a specific set of criteria and goals we wanted to achieve with the Peregrine. One specific one, very important, was to be able to have divers that didn't have a, an $800, $900, even $1,000 budget for that computer have access to a Shearwater computer, particularly the ones that are at a more earlier pro, uh, stage in their progression throughout their career, or, or uh, uh, not career, but in their development as a scuba diver. In order to do that, we had to uh, make sure because we're not going to be outsourcing our manufacturing somewhere else. We're doing it in Canada, uh, designing it in Canada, manufacturing it over there. So there were a couple of things that needed to, to be done in order to, to uh, uh, be uh, compliant with that goal. And one of those was uh, the AI. Another one was the, the compass, the electronic compass was removed. Uh, electronic compasses need to be calibrated manually, every single one of them, if we, and it takes time. And if we manage to shave off some minutes from the building time, there's the shop rate. Now we're bringing the cost further down and we'll be able to pass on those cost savings into the end customers and uh, the capability to handle uh, helium mixes or trimix. Uh, was another one uh, because we were thinking this is going to be a, a computer for somebody at an earlier stage in their progression. They might not be yet ready or ever be ready to to go uh, helium. They might be perfectly comfortable staying with with nitrox. So that's the feature set that we built in there. There's uh, a next step in requirements if you need more than that, then the next step would be Perdix. So that's that's where we left it at. Nice. And I, and I think that's, that has been the burning question. But that's the best answer I've ever heard for that because people are like, oh, it's $450. If you, like, the, the traditional, like like you kind of said it much nicer, but everybody's like, why doesn't it have a compass? You want a compass, buy a Perdix. Like, okay, well, no, why? <laughs> like, like can we, can we talk about the why as opposed to just yelling at me to get a more expensive computer? Like same thing with the air integrated. Why no air integrated? Well, because, you know, uh, because you should get a Perdix for that. Like, you're right. You, you shave all the things. Now, in all fairness to Rick and that question, 
the products was never getting AI and we were never getting nitrox and we never get to know when a computer's coming out. So the answer is no, Rick, but in a Shearwater no of who knows what's going to happen on Friday because they could be like, hey, guess what? We got air integrated <laughs> peregrines on Friday because we ain't going to tell you anything until then. Um, so, you know, uh, we have a couple of really good ones that I want to grab here. They're taking my job away from me. Um, it, it's, uh, Eric Fine has actually a good one. We're going to come back around to a couple other ones that Jess had. Do you see transmitters decreasing in size? Um, and what's your guys' interaction with the transmitters? And I, I think that's a good, you know, where do you get your transmitters from and how does that whole thing work? Because I don't know if everybody understands that or not. So uh, transmitters decreasing in size and where do they come from? Uh, our transmitters are uh, from Pelagic Pressure Systems. This is a division of Aqualonga. It was, uh, I believe, founded by Mike Hollis. Uh, back in the day, part of AUP, uh, the transmitters, any transmitter with the FCC ID, Federal Communications uh, Commission, ID of MH8A will be compatible with a Shearwater com uh, dive computer and vice versa. So it could be branded Aqualung, it could be branded Oceanic, Sherwood, it will still work. We consciously chose that transmitter because it was already in the market. It was already pretty popular. We're quite open uh, to the fact that if you already have an oceanic transmitter from back in the day, it will likely work. So um, it was just to make it easier for, for customers to, to get access to those transmitters. Uh, in terms of the size, uh, there might be uh, some room for improvement, but again, uh, in the case of the transmitter currently in the market, uh, it's uh, made by uh, Pelagic Pressure Systems. We don't make them ourselves. Uh, we do receive them. We do inspect them. We make some uh, checks. We have collaborated with Pelagic, identified uh, some points where that could be strengthened. Those have been strengthened. And uh, yeah, that's uh, what we have been working so far. Yeah. And size is limited. I mean, it's fairly limited with that transmitter. If you look at the battery size, you definitely have to switch the battery. And then are you sacrificing life? Because that battery is almost the size by the time you pressurize it and and, and put the O-rings in and, and get all the electronics in there. That's and not saying there's not room to make it smaller, but that's we definitely have to have a different battery to make that happen because that takes up a lot of room. Um, we kind of have addressed this, but I want to get it sliced off the table so we can get to the next part. Um, how has your marketing strategy had to shift given the emphasis on recreational computers currently, particularly the Peregrine, given the historic path in technical diving where Shearwater was founded? So um, we kind of talked about, we didn't specifically talk about any marketing strategy. Where, where have you guys changed your uh, your focus or have you just added to your focus to make that happen? Uh, it, it has changed. Uh, for instance, um, we were very heavy into uh, dive physiology, very nerdy articles, and not to say that we're abandoning that stage, but at the same time, now that we have also another different kind of, of uh, audience, and I'll, I'll pick on our, our blog posts, uh, for instance. Uh, we have a, a, a Shearwater blog, and uh, we try really hard to bring material that is of value to our, our audience. Uh, so you'll see things like uh, um, physiological impacts of using high uh, O2 pressures or breathing high O2 pressures in different aspects of your eyesight, things like, that are very specific. But at the same time, 
now that uh, we have to consider newer divers, for instance, we followed the adventure of a 14-year-old girl in the UK as she started as an open water uh, diver, and she wrote a blog herself. And this is my experience. This is the, the peregrine that I was using. Uh, another little nuance that we have been uh, changing, for instance, was in the in the campaign before we announced that the Peregrine was coming out. I don't know if you guys <laughs> noticed that we had on our Facebook channel uh, this uh, short videos of uh, where, uh, why did you start diving and where has diving taken you? And we started uh, interviewing uh, several people like uh, Natalie Gibb, uh, Dr. Doug Ebersole, uh, and, and so on, and uh, they would just uh, take a little video on their phone, send it over, and we would put it in there. The idea is to start conveying, look, everybody started at one point in time. Everybody was a newbie at one point in time. I mean, we have these big names, uh, they're big in diving, but at one point in time, they started like this, and let's hear mm -hmm. it from their own word. So now, we're going to the beginning, and that's why we brought to you a Peregrine. Now it's available for somebody that doesn't have that $800 budget. Now it's available in a simplified format that uh, it's uh, perfectly capable for everything that you're going to be doing in your recreational diving or perhaps even uh, dipping your toe into intro to tech and uh, decompression procedures. Uh, you, you have the capability to do three gases. so. A tree gas uh, dive, uh, it's it's still a technical dive, and it's still plausible and, and actually quite manageable to be done with with a peregrine. Mm -hmm. So yes, uh, it's uh, it's a good great question and and uh, uh, yeah, little changes here and there. Yep, and then you guys started adding demo centers recently too, right? That's a new thing where people can actually try out shearwaters at specific locations. Um, and they're dedicated to having those there for you to be able to try them out, which has been a very nice addition. Yeah, not a problem. Um, yeah, oh yes, and the uh, the whole console, that's right. Yeah, so we're... Yeah, so, so uh, we have, uh, yes, the demo center was another point in, uh, uh, for us to be making it available for the new divers. So they experienced the sheer water environment the ecosystem and uh, once they they get to see how a shearwater works once they get to see the the color screen and so on um they uh get to know us a little better and perhaps even get to choose us when it comes time to buy their own computer uh, in terms of the console we know that there are many dive shops out there that uh, use consoles with their rental fleets with their students it's not necessarily a matter of is it the optimal way to uh, to to set up a or, or gear up a diver but it's uh, in many cases, uh, it is the practical way that a dive shop can uh, tie more or less permanently a dive computer to a regulator to a tank and uh, thereby reduce a little bit the likelihood that it got lost, that fell off a wrist or so on. So yeah, we're uh, trying to work uh, giving tools to the dive shop so that they can uh, do uh, sales in an easier way. All right, we are popping up in questions, so I'm glad that you threw that up there. Um, since we jumped on that topic, I will, is there a Bluetooth connection for the Peregrine? 
And yes, there is. Yes, there absolutely is. So it's the same same app progression as the previous ones. Um, ooh, I love this one. This one, I'm fine. How I don't care how long we need to talk about this one. Any possibility of upgrade to allow Terek or Perdix AI to use more than two AI simultaneously? <laughs> Okay. The official position yeah. from uh, Shearwater is that I cannot confirm or deny anything. Okay. Uh, what I can tell you is that we do hear and take into account all suggestions. This is a suggestion that has been coming up more and more. Um, you may or may not know. Well, of course you do know, Jason, but um, talking to the uh, pe person asking the question may or may not know that we do regular firmware updates free of charge. And with those, there's uh, new features that often come in there. It's not just a matter of fixing bugs, but bringing in uh, new features. I remember back in the day when I brought my Predator, uh, Predators only had one salinity setting. There was no mm -hmm. fresh or salt. There was the EN whatever, whatever that conforms to a, a middle ground of brackish water, I think. And uh, I remember writing to Shearwater and saying, you must put in salt and, and fresh. I, 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 I don't like this being a little bit off, one foot off than the rest of the team that I'm diving with. Mm -hmm. And uh, just because the, the salinity setting is not there. And I remember our current director of engineering responding to my inquiry, explaining how he wants to keep simple menus and how it wants to keep the face clean and so on. And, uh, adding more features, uh, you really have to think hard. And uh, so, okay, uh, fine. I read a, I see, I give up. A yep. couple of weeks later, there's a firmware update and there's a salinity <laughs> setting. I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> True Shearwater fashion. Like I said, Wednesday, <laughs> this is Wednesday's answer. Friday, it could be a very completely different answer that they already had in the works or that they're changing right now. So um, the answer so is your Wednesday night, there is only two AI, two AI connections. Who knows what tomorrow is going to be, though? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, we take it into consideration. I cannot promise. I cannot give uh, uh, implementation. I cannot promise implementation. I cannot give a timeline. But I can promise you that we hear you, and we don't ignore those. Uh, we hear you. We we act on, on many of those. Most of our new features coming up come from feedback like yours. So uh, stay tuned. Excellent. I love that answer. That's I, re I really would be interested in seeing that um, that take place. Oh, Tom up in Alaska. Tom, Tom, your yours and John's shearwaters are sitting actually in front of me. Uh, I got to ship yours out. Tom is in Alaska. Tom has a question about how is the LCD display hold up under cold surface temps post ice dive? Negative 20 Fahrenheit, negative 25 C. Those are not synonymous, but or actually they're probably pretty close, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Tom, this is a question we probably should ask beforehand, but go right ahead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think negative 40 Fahrenheit and Celsius are the same. Yeah. I'm not sure about 25. Yeah. I but can tell you that there are certain European testings for CE that need to be done at negative 25. Um, but I don't know off the top of my head myself. Gotcha. Um, I do know that we do sell computers to, for instance, the U.S. Antarctic Exploration uh, Team is, is a government uh, agency, ship those out uh, to them, and, and they're working over there. I do know that many explorers 
uh, Becky Schott have been doing uh, uh, exploration in the Antarctic with our computers. So um, I personally don't know of any testing to those temperatures. We might have those. Our engineers might know better. Uh, I just don't have the answer off the top of my head. I, if I had to bet, I would say it holds up okay, yeah. but I, I don't have uh, evidence uh, to. Uh, Tom myself. will let us know because his computer's on the way, like tomorrow, to him. So we'll see yeah. what ends up happening. Um, just got to make it to Alaska. All right. So Jesse's got a long question, and I love this question. <laughs> Again, this is gonna be the same answer as the Wednesday answer. Someone posted a spoof that you guys would be getting games integrated into the computers as software update upon request, and I think some people even called to you to ask for it. Hilarious. But what's going to take that in my reality? My hopes are up now. I mean, that's having games to be able to to deco on a little game, little worm going back and forth like YouTube had used to have, like something like that. Yeah, it's it's not a, a new concept. Uh, several computers have already done this in the past. Uh, I was talking with one of our engineers. Uh, shout out to Mitch Burton, or the engineer that I was talking about this uh, a couple of years ago, uh, and uh, we about the philosophy on this. And and his point to me was that if there's anything that we add into the software that has the potential to make your computer crash we should not be adding it. Not to say that the computer itself is not reliable or that the code is not reliable, that's not the point. But uh, again, echoing the words that Tyler, our director of engineering, was conveying to me when I was asking about salt and, and fresh water, the more simple and focused that you have your code and your, your processes, the more reliable it can be or the easier to make it reliable. So. Uh, rather than uh, start running risks with reliability for the sake of entertainment, uh, let's uh, we, we focus our code and our energy in making it very reliable and, and not have a computer rebooting mid-dive. Uh, or, or you're already diving on a rebreather and all of a sudden it's rebooting and then it's asking you to calibrate mm -hmm. while you're underwater. That is not good. Mm -hmm. So... so. Yeah, and that yeah. simplistic thing that I love that vein of the simplistic and you know it's it's the vein of tech diving, right? That was the whole argument. You know, you must mess with Nat. And, uh, Natalie's actually the one that got me thinking about, you know, all right, transmitters are okay. Yeah, I'm still stuck on the SPG. Like, and you guys actually have a battery readout in your transmitter, which is what actually changed my mind because I can see what the battery is of the transmitter, which was my sticking point on other transmitters. But that that's that. Um, but simplistic is the way to go. So. Um, my biggest qualm with some of them is the rechargeable battery stuff. I, I, I have an issue with rechargeable. I love the double A battery thing. Um, we do have a question from Bill Thomas. Um, what is the best double A battery for the Perdix, um, or the petrol or the predator had double A too? Um, predator. Yeah. Uh, predator, it needs a uh, 3.6 volts, uh, okay. a sap, uh, <clears throat> Perdix and petrol can use anything from 1.2 to Four point something, four point two, mm -hmm. I think, something like that. Best one, uh, Energizer Ultimate Lithium. Okay. Energizer has it on its website that it is um, leak resistant. I think it's a verbiage that they use, and uh, not to say that you cannot use any, you know, carbon sink battery that you get at the dollar store. It will work. Uh, however, 
you have to be protective of your computer for leaks. It's it's quite uh, a quite common uh, failure point that we see, and we advise with every new computer, every new product, there's a card in the box that says uh, make sure that you remove the battery if you're not going to be diving for a long period of time. If you don't dive during the winter, for instance, and the battery, the AA alkaline battery is uh, near depleted, you leave it in there, it could leak, it could damage some of, of uh, the components in there. So ultimate lithium is, is a, a pretty decent one uh, in terms of protection against uh, leaks. Uh, the SAF battery that we use in the Predator is also pretty decent. Uh, it, it, uh, I believe it's an encased uh, a stainless steel body mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that's sealed and so that's that's pretty protective uh, one of the things that I will say about the SAF batteries and petrol subproducts though you got to watch out because the discharge pattern is is uh, they maintain voltage and all of a sudden they die mm-hmm. and it's happened uh, when diving on on a Revo uh, the Revo that I dive in a lake uh, here near my house about 30 minutes away um, I it was fine when I did my pre-jump uh, checklist. Uh, when I'm getting into the water, I'm getting a, an orange signal on, on the shaft, and then uh, about, about one hour time frame, uh, the, the controller dies. And so mm. it's time to come to dive and, and go on my secondary, carrying a, a, a nerd, and uh, finish the dive on the nerd. Uh, but uh, yeah, just uh, one thing, uh, shafts are great, except for that little thing that uh-huh. that it, it doesn't give you a lot of warning when it yeah. dies. Yeah, and I, I've seen the same thing. And I, I haven't had it die, but I've seen this similar situation where you're like, everything's good, and suddenly it's not on my, my Prism 2. So it's the exact same thing, playing with those SAFs versus AA's. And you know, sometimes it's better to go through a couple of AA's than it is to go through, I guess, a SAF to what, you know, going through regular alkaline versus SAF, you know. So uh, question about, since we talked about the Predator a little bit, uh, is there an end of life for Predator or updates? What's going on with Predator updates versus EOL? Predators are close to our heart. Personally, I have mine. Uh-huh. Uh, one of our engineers, uh, software engineers, wanted to borrow mine. And I, okay, I'll, I'll lend it to you, but it's not changing ownership. It's mine. <laughs> I bought it with my money. It's it got sentimental value. And we've been trying to maintain Predators and support for it for a long time fact is is that we're running out of, uh, of parts for them um, the, we, we officially our position is we do not service them um, we may still have some spares for some basic things but we cannot get the parts anymore so so we cannot uh, uh, service them in terms of the firmware that you were specifically asking about if you recall the memory size on the predator it's much smaller than that of the petrol or the the Perdix. So it comes a time when the newer updates are occupying more more, uh, space and it's not convenient to try to overload uh, such a small memory in the Predator. So some time ago, we did a cutoff, no more firmware updates for the Predator. Uh, again, it's it's a, a matter of, of uh, restrictions with the components and the parts that it is made out of. Uh, that said, mine keeps on working. It's perfectly capable of doing a dive. I uh, uh, like I say, I keep it close to my heart, and <laughs> I, I can take it uh, diving every now and then. 
if I have uh, a SAFT uh, battery running, uh, laying around. Nice. Um, all right. So Heidi Anderson's got a question and there's a couple on the same vein as this and I'll throw this up and then throw a couple of the other ones up. What are the difference between Shearwater computers and other diving computers? Um, and some people, you know, made the jokingly brown nosing comments of they're the most amazing things. What makes them so special? But I think this is a, this is a real true one knowing Heidi and, and what are the differences? What, what makes Shearwater different? Um, especially when it comes to like, we're putting on most of the rebreathers and, and what makes Shearwater stand out? Um, it's no secret, so I have no qualms in, in uh, releasing to the competition a little bit of our secret sauce. But one aspect that, uh, to me as a diver, is the use of open source algorithms, something that is transparent to divers, meaning that as a diver, we're not springing up any surprises to you. Uh, we heard uh, stories, and, and you might know uh, uh, Chris Pierce from uh, TDI. Mm -hmm. SDI, he, we were having an a interview in Spanish with uh, TDI SDI uh, Latin America the other day, and he was telling me stories about when he was uh, part of a crew in a dive boat in Galapagos of uh, these divers just throwing lines into the water. And he's like, these divers, come on, this is a protected area. They know they're supposed to be fishing in here. So he's mm -hmm. putting in his game face and you know, just going to let them know that they're not supposed to be fishing. And no, they pull out at the end of the line, there's a dive computer and it's doing deco so that the dive computer doesn't lock them out from the rest of the dive trip. Yeah. Why? Because depending on certain behavior during your dive or during your profile or certain repetitive patterns, your expected uh, deco plans change. So now you may have done your gas planning for a certain profile with a certain thing, and while you're underwater, that uh, uh, dive runtime arbitrarily changes. That's not good. Mm -hmm. That's that's not a, 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 a yeah. And so, as a diver, then you try to learn more about these algorithms, and and you try to plan beforehand and, and try to account for those eventualities. And there's no information out there because it's a proprietary algorithm. It's all closed, so it's a little box of surprises. That's one thing that makes us uh, different. Uh, uh, many computers, and I'm not saying all of them, but many computers use their own flavor of an algorithm uh, that they might say it's based on Buhlman, but based on Buhlman doesn't make it Buhlman mm -hmm. uh, per se. And so how do you plan for that? That's one thing. But overall, going to more higher level and elevated, I guess uh, we could say that uh, we're divers, all of our, us uh, in sales and engineering, there's a lot of divers. Uh, we regularly go out and test our own stuff. We dive here in British Columbia, cold, dark waters. When mm -hmm. the temperatures started to warm up, there's uh, plankton bloom, so low visibility is another issue. Uh, aging eyes uh, as we grow older and we cannot longer see that we start to appreciate the value of a bright display with big numbers that are easily readable. And then going all the way to a video that Bruce did a long time ago, talking about, and I'm seeing your, your rum from SCAPA, mm -hmm. being in SCAPA flow, in heavy current, in uh, low visibility, and you need to do a gas switch, it better be an easy gas switch. That, that point in time, it's not the time to pull out the manual and try to figure out what combination of button presses do I have to do 
to to make this gas switch. It's got to be intuitive, easy. It's not something that you have to have the manual laminate. I have laminate laminates of uh, manuals for our computer, uh, other computers, not ours computers, other computers that I before I was working with Shearwater that you would carry in your safe a dive save a dive kit um, mm -hmm. just so that before you dive, make sure that I'm I know how to operate this thing. That's not good. Mm -hmm. You're already task loaded. You're underwater. Uh, you got to make it easy, and, and it's got to be helping you. It's not going to be taxing you and, and loading you, burdening you with more more things to do. Yeah, just like adding some more AI capabilities, more transmitters to a vertex would would help out a little bit on that. You know, just saying, to make that gas switch a little bit easier. Since you were talking about that, um, yeah. <laughs> transferring over similar question. Why would you recommend a Teric over a vertex? or vice versa. Uh, you'll have to excuse Cody's typos. He's from Michigan, so we just kind of let that go. Love you, Cody. Um, so, uh, yes. Uh, Perdix versus Tarek, what's your take on the two? Pros, cons. Uh, the Tarek, in my opinion, well, not in my opinion, it's actually a factual statement. It's uh, our most capable die computer. It does everything that the Perdix can do and a little bit more. It's got uh, a few more things like uh, free diving mode. It's got four buttons, meaning that uh, you can go in reverse. If you missed a certain diamond in the menu with a Perdix, you got to cycle through the whole thing in order to get back to that choice again. Uh, with uh, Tarek, you have the four buttons, so you can backtrack. And one of the four, you can even program to do a certain task with a single button press. Uh, you cannot necessarily or easily do that with uh, the the Perdix. Uh, another thing that I like on the on the Perdix, uh, let's see if you can see the north marker over there. Uh, because of the round display, there's a different way of arranging arranging the same information, and and one of those to me is uh, that's really useful is the the compass uh, arrow. I know on the Perdix there's another one, a mini compass that all is, can also be permanent on your home screen and helps you out. But the compass arrow, I find it uh, a little bit more um, easy to use, more ergonomic would be the word. So personally, I like the, the Tarek. I, I remember when it was still a project and we were evaluating it before launch, uh, testing it out. Uh, making a comment in one of our meetings that when we come out with this thing, I'm not taking it off. I'm sleeping with this thing. <laughs> I, it, it's going through with me everywhere. I can go to, I when we launched, I, I wrote a blog post on that on how now I can take my sheer water to a wedding and, and not <laughs> have people looking weird at me. Uh, look at that weirdo with a. That They're still going to look weird at the split fins when you show up with the split fins in the sheer water, right? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> or when you're traveling, uh, you know, there's little games that uh, I used to play back uh, when it was a new product. Uh, remember measuring the the differences in cabin pressure and seeing how the, my tissue chart would be uh, moving, and mm -hmm. yeah, uh, so. That uh, uh, portability is, is a, another big plus for me. Uh, you like double A's? Yeah. Uh, Tarek doesn't have a double A. It's got a, a rechargeable battery. Uh, that's that's a difference. But, uh, you know, there's people that prefer a rectangular display. Some people that uh, are perfectly fine with a, a, a round display. 
Yep. So, so Daryl, I put the question up there while you're talking about it. Daryl's asking about um, floating compass dot feature on the on the Perdix. Um, so that's kind of limited because of the fact that it doesn't have a round display, so it wouldn't be able to have that floating compass. Is is where that design came in? Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. We do have a mini compass, but uh, it, it can be yeah. counterintuitive if you having it go throughout the perimeter of a rectangular shape. And it could lead mm -hmm. to inaccuracies. Uh, gotcha. A round display is is uh, more ergonomic for that purpose. I like that. That's very good. Uh, somebody had a question. I'll throw it up here, but it essentially is, what's new and on the way for Shearwater? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you explain <laughs> explain why there is no answer to new and on the way? I guess is the probably the best way of doing that. <laughs> Uh, I'll do so. Uh, we're an engineering heavy uh, company and we have to keep them busy. Uh, there's always new projects that we're planning on. Some uh, work out fine, some uh, don't work out. Uh, we have on our process several gates, we call them, where we uh, examine the progress up to this point, examine the findings. Do we proceed or not proceed? Go, no go. Then we go to the next gate and so on. And until we're perfectly sure that it's a computer that's or a product that it's worthy of our divers, our, our end customers, we don't release it. Uh, we are against uh, pre-announcing or, or giving a promise by in three months, we're gonna launch a new doohickey. And then in a month and a half, we find out that there's uh, a bug or there's a, a certain mechanical part that could be strengthened. We want to have the freedom to to adapt to those those circumstances and and make the best product that we can uh, throw out into into the wilderness out there. Make sure that it's something that's worth of you, our customers. Uh, so with that in mind, we don't pre-announce. Um, and and once we we go to market with something, we're pretty sure that it's it's uh, uh, solid. Nice. Um, I just want to remind everybody who is here that in order to be entered into the free Peregrine drawing, you have to ask a question. Um, so throw a question up there. You have to like Shearwater and like a drama diving. I'll check it after we pick the people randomly. Um, this one is a rebreather kind of question. Um, I know exactly where he's going with this one. Um, or something similar. So James Edelson, are there plans for new connection updates to the petrol for a different connector? This is that four pin, five pin commentary that's been going around lately. So if you'd like to address the four pin, five pin and, and resources on how to get them and yada, 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 because I've heard a lot of different things about that. So go ahead. The... Four pin is for analog connections. We have a dive can digital bus controlling certain ECCRs. Uh, for an analog connection, say uh, uh, whether it's an analog controller in some rebreather or, well, we don't make analog controllers anymore, but whether it's uh, an analog monitor in some rebreathers where it's manually controlled, uh, then that's where the four pin comes in. A five pin is our, our digital uh, controllers or monitors, uh, depending on how it's configured and depending on the rebreather. Four pin is for analog connections. Um, we believe 
that this is a superior connection to that of a fissure. Fissure has been traditionally uh, used, a fissure connector has traditionally used for, for analog connections in many rebreathers. And we do have a fissure offering, but it's more of a, a legacy of the market. Do we wanna service customers that already have a rebreather with fissure connections? and thereby we have petrols that have a Fisher connection and so on. With the four pin, it's a little bit newer and we don't have as much of a legacy in, in there, but it is a superior connector, meaning it's better suited for the depths that we're diving them. It's easier to inspect and make sure that they're not corroded, that they're in, in serviceable, dive-worthy state. Uh, and um, the problem that we see with opening it to every single dive shop and, and say resort dive center is that somebody may have a uh, rebreather that is wired for a fissure and now they wanna move in themselves into a, uh, a four pin connector. And we're not, we're not 100% confident that all the dive shops that we have as our, our dealers will be able to provide the support needed to rewire a rebreather. Shearwater ourselves, we're not set up to rewire rebreathers uh, in terms of our, our customer care people. Uh, we're not set up to be taking calls and, and, and uh, guiding people on, on how to, to touch that. Furthermore, it's not within our, our jurisdiction, for lack of a better word. Um, the rebreather manufacturers are our customers, and we're not going to get into that area of responsibility that is theirs for good reasons. It, it, it's theirs. Sure, water is not going to be overriding them. So they're available. They are available to certain specific outlets. Uh, if you, for instance, call Mike Young from Kiss Rebreathers, Mike Young could sell you some. Um, Narket 90. Narket 90 is uh, in the UK. They are our service center. They have a lot of technical know-how and knowledge and do a lot of products related to rebreathers. They are set up to work on rebreathers. So Narket 90 could uh, sell you the four pins but they're not widely available everywhere. If we open it up, we don't want somebody in, uh, in a little dive shop in, in Roatan or Utila uh, trying to jerry-rig their, their rebreather mm -hmm. and then something goes wrong. So it's just a, a little bit of caution. As we make more and more progress replacing the Fisher connections out in the wilderness in, in the market, we may eventually decide to move in and make it more and more available to regular dive shops. But for now, at this point in time, it is uh, available on certain outlets that have the knowledge to work on rebreathers. Nice. Good answer. Um, since we're on that uh, topic there, uh, where to go? Somebody coming in. Is the Blinky HUD still made supported? Yes, it is. However, it is the Blinky HUD that is uh, digital. We used to make a long time ago analog blinkies, uh, blinking lights. Uh, we no longer make those. Uh, 
Um, again, I'll pick on on uh, Narta Nadi. Narta makes uh, some of them themselves. They could be a source of, of analog blinky hubs. Uh, Fathom divers in uh, Florida, uh, Charlie Robertson from Fathom Rebreathers, they also make one, a fairly new one. Uh, the ones that we make are only digital to be used in our dive can bus. So in the rebreathers like uh, the JJCCR, they use, uh, in fact, John Peterson, the principal at JJCCR, prefers the Blinky HUD over the Nerd. Mm -hmm. And he is one of uh, our biggest uh, customers uh, of, of those Blinky HUD, but they are digital. They will not work in, a, in an analog environment. Nice. Uh, yeah, lots of comments on the four or five pin and, and stuff like that. So if you want to jump in the comments, I, I think you answered their questions, but um, I think they might have more. So later on, you don't have to do it now, but if you would afterwards, go ahead and jump in there. Um, I need to answer Bill Anderson. Bill, why don't you be giving away a Tarek? How about the two year anniversary? We make it that far and I'll give away another, I'll give away a Tarek at that point in time. We'll discuss that, but not today. Uh, two year anniversary. We'll, we'll come back around to that one. Um, this was a really good question. Where'd it go? Um, every time somebody comments, they shift. So da, da, da. it was any prototypes. You don't have to be specific, but any prototypes that you really like that never came to market, yes or no question. Just is there a magical sheer water that's sitting there that you like that never got to market? Uh, there are some machines that never got to market. Um, something that i really liked that never got to market the ones that i really like have gone to market uh, gotcha. I, I i go back to that comment when i say i'm never taking this off um, mm -hmm. uh, this this is such a cool thing i remember one of the really cool things that i liked about the the per Terek, and now we we uh distributed that to all our computers was the Surface GF feature. Mm, yes, yeah. We launched that in May 28, 2018. And uh, I, I thought, this is so cool. This, this is awesome. It gave me a whole new level of situational awareness while I'm diving. And and I'm never taking out uh, the Tarek away from me because I, I, if I would need to jump in, into the water uh, because I'm visiting Jason and Jason says, hey, you know, come on over. I'm just about to to go a dive and didn't plan on that. I got the Tarek with me. I, I mm -hmm. can, uh, yeah, I, I can work it out and 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 do something like that. Um, you know, there could be some interesting color things that came out of prototypes. Actually, let me show you. Uh oh, <laughs> you got something special. I like it. <laughs> something special, yeah. So. See this special, oh curtain, yeah, uh, with a metal. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit heavier. Stainless steel, even though there's stainless in the name, it's not rust proof. It will stain eventually. Mm. Uh, so at the end of the day, even though this is a prototype, the vessel with uh, the plastic is uh, superior in many aspects. Um, mm -hmm. In terms, it will never rust. It'll uh, give you a lighter weight uh, uh, perdix. Um, so, nonetheless, some people might like the look. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got my so. petrol switched out to the titanium. I sent that off to get the the my controller switched over, which which is nice. It gives a little extra protection. I, I really like that and on the controller for the for the prism too, which you can do that with any of the petrols, sending them yeah. off to get them get them switched out. And it's really reasonable to get them switched out. Um John Hodeman has a good question. Uh, I'm going to answer the first half and then have you answer the second half. But does Shearwater have customer support that can help you with walking you through the computer setup and technical questions? John, Shearwater does. And also, would your local dive shop slash instructor, when you take a technical course, they're going to walk you through, or any course, really, they're going to walk you through it. And the, and the local dive shops are definitely so. So if you're going and looking for one, that's one of the biggest things. If you're buying online, you're not going to get that support. If you're going to your local dive shops and stopping in, they're going to 100% um help you out with that computer um is hopefully they understand it if they're they're selling them so they could walk you through it uh and then you can go ahead i know there's youtube channels and stuff like that but go ahead and answer the second half of that on your side definitely uh, in our uh, customer service department all our people are instructors dive instructors and all of them are passionate divers so you call us up and we'll just geek out on dive sites and, and how to do this. And uh, pretty soon we're talking about, uh, how, well, how do you do your configuration on, on, your, on your side mount rigging and what do you put on your mm -hmm. home screen and so on. And um, we, we love talking diving. We're divers, you know, you, you, a lot of the diving in the activity is social and, and uh, being in, in the dive boat or in the parking lot, debriefing about the dive or just sharing stories. That's uh, a big part of the attractive uh, uh, that, that we find in this passion of ours. And uh, I, I can definitely tell you, um, and I, we're tooting our own horn in here, but uh, I tell you that uh, that passion comes through when, with the interactions when when uh, you call us up to help you set up uh, your computer sometimes it gets to the point where uh, i remember one call when somebody's calling us to ask us about uh, i'm taking this medication and is it advisable for me to go dive like we don't go that far <laughs> we're not <laughs> medical doctors or pharmacists so we cannot comment on medications and things like that but uh uh, it gets to that point. The point being that uh, we're divers and and we have a, a good rapport uh, with the customers that are calling us to to have uh, those kind of conversations. Nice. Um, Brock's got a question about the per or uh, the Tarek. Uh, any possibility of a Perdix type bungee band for the Tarek? I've seen aftermarket ones, but nothing from factory, right? That is correct. There's uh, nothing from factory, but uh, there are several uh, out there that have done it, uh, and and they're fine. Uh, I I personally haven't had any issues with these uh, the factory uh, silicone straps. They're very strong, um, and and uh, I I don't I I haven't seen a need to go uh, bungee. They're also very stretchy. If you're looking for the stretchiness of, of your bungee, um, see it, I, I've tried to rip them off and, and, and they don't they don't rip off. Hmm. Um, yeah, they go a pretty decent battery of, of testing and it works for me, but if you would prefer bungees, there are ways to do bungee, nice. not supplied by Shearwater. Nice. Oh, you know what? This is I'm surprised this hasn't come up in here with Deterek. 
and it hasn't. So there has been a push overall to be able to get notifications from your phone onto the computers. And you, you should have seen this one coming. Uh, other companies have done it. Sunto did it. And um, I think Garmin does too. Um, is there a plan? Which I'm sure the answer is no, but, it, but you know, same old, same old. But what's your take on that? How about that? <laughs> um, it, it is possible to do it. Uh, if we have enough requests uh, from, from those, it might make it into a, a, a different uh, uh, firmware release. Uh, there's also changes that would need to be done in the interfacing uh, software in the Shearwater cloud. Uh, so we, we we take it into advice. If it's something that a customer needs, we'll be logging those and, and, and putting them in. So uh, it's not impossible, but I cannot promise. You know why I need yeah. to give give uh, this answer. Uh, so I'll I'll write it down. I'll uh, forward it to to the engineers and the the inter internally with the company. That's and after that, the additional air integration. After, but that after that one, maybe down a little bit, maybe write that a couple of times, put it down a little bit later. That, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll pass it good on. Go. I got it. We're good. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to go blind on this one and throw it up. Can gas mix be added to a Pertix while underwater? I was on a dive with two Pertix computers. I forgot to put my gas in to my backup. They were correct in my primary. Could I have added the gas as well on my deco stop to store to stop or deco stop to my backup products? Yes, you can. Uh, there's two menus in the Perdix petrol in, in all our computers, actually. One is called the system setup. That's only available in the surface. Usually system setup is more comprehensive. You can do and program your gases in there. And, and, and that's fine. Usually that's what I do when I'm in land, but there's also the dive setup. Dive setup is available underwater. One of the functions that allows you to do is exactly what you say. You forgot your gas, and now you need to. You want to program them while underwater. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Nice. Um, oh, another plus one for more AI transmitters. We can get that up there. Uh, any plans to update desktop software or iOS app? You've just been on the hot seat tonight. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, we have been updating it uh, regularly. Uh, the the we have the mobile app and and the desktop app, both of them. Um, I don't know if Eric is referring to the old one. There used to be, say, in uh, two thousand nine, uh, all the way to probably twenty sixteen. Uh, used to be a different desktop interface, uh, a legacy one using a framework called uh, Adobe Air. Adobe mm -hmm. no longer supports that. And it's, it's already EOL, end of life. So we had to create a different one, and that's the Shearwater Cloud. And like the firmware in our computers, it gets updated on a regular basis. And uh, there's a, a a lot of, of, of uh, uh, new features and things that have been added over over time. And just like uh, features for the computer that you may want uh, for transmitters on a single computer for side mount or, or technical divers, uh, we take on suggestions on what you would like to see on, on a Shearwater Cloud. 
both on a desktop environment or on a mobile environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's, <clears throat> I've always been confused and had trouble getting, I mean, I've got multiple Shearwater, so, you know, I've got my CCR one, my two on my CCR, and I've got my two for technical instruction for open circuit. And then one of those becomes my backup and then any other one that I'm trialing type of thing. So trying to get those to all upload to the same spot and actually all link has always been an issue with me. Um, I've talked to Shearwater support multiple times with it and, and they've done well with me, but it still comes back to the same thing every once in a while where it's just kind of like, it's not linking again. It's not linking again. It's not linking again. Um, some of the things I'm going to get to, but is it this way on multiple reboots? I know that with the Prism 2, you should leave your computer connected to when you do your update so that everything gets updated. Is that way with all rebreathers? Like, should you do that? That's what I was told. So that the motherboard and everything, it's all the communications there. Mm. I The way I, I update uh, the the one for for the Revo, uh, it can be connected or, or not. Okay. Uh, yeah, it it it, uh, it shouldn't affect them. The reason why I'm hesitating is yeah, it's fine. I don't know a hundred percent, and yeah. if Hollis officially says leave it connected, then pay attention to what Hollis says and do as Hollis yeah. says. Yeah, those are my uh, service class. So I was I was curious yeah. about that if that was if. So interesting. But in my personal experience, it could work connected or disconnected. It gotcha. works fine on, on yeah. both. Again, I'm diving a Revo, not a Hollis. Right. So if Hollis says do it this way, do it the way that Hollis is saying. Yeah. I was just curious about other rebreathers if, if that was the case. So, okay, cool. Um, this is an interesting question here. Is it possible to extend the range of AI transmitters? The ones in my rebreather tanks are a little flaky and my arms are out front. Um, you have to kind of fix physics, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it works better with line of sight. In my particular case, uh, on the Revo, I have the transmitters coming over the shoulder and in the same, uh, strapping that, that has the MAV, the manual addition valves, uh, that contains the, the, uh, transmitters. So they're at around this position for me. I never had any issues with that. I know that Jared Hires uh, used to have them in a certain place in his Optima, and he was having some some uh, problems with it. And then he got uh, hoses, different lengths of hoses. So the way to address that is to put your transmitter on a high pressure hose. Don't forget the spool. You'll need the mm -hmm. spool to go into the high pressure hose and the transmitter, and then uh, route them in such a way that you put them where it's going to have more or less line of sight mm -hmm. with your computer. If you're referring to the AI on a nerd, it's difficult to move the nerd. But if it's on a Paradox or on a, on a Taric and you lost comps, move your, your wrist a little bit to the, to the back or closer to the transmitter. And that's usually enough to get you comps again. Uh, personally, I just put them in here. I know that Bruce Partridge had them. Uh, like uh, right behind him in in his uh, in his rebreather, there's uh, the Revos. There's a, a, a weight platform in here, mm -hmm. and he had him right beside the weight platform. So somewhere where there's uh, not as much metal and tanks in between the transmitter 
signal and uh, the receiver on the dive computer, and that should should uh, help you out. Nice. Um, <clears throat> this is interesting. Uh, would you love to see the ability to add, upload a custom note to my computer, checklist, deco plan? Uh, I think checklist is huge for rebreathers. If you could put in a, a specific um, checklist, I know some rebreathers have them. Um, Oh, what was the soft? I think it was VR, VX or whatever. You used to have to go through a checklist to actually be able to turn it on type of stuff. So um, would be interesting to, to be able to see that and be able to store that in there. Um, I'm writing this one down as well, along with the other two. Underneath so, the AI. Underneath, underneath the AI that. transmitters. It's the number two or three. <laughs> okay. The other thing I wanted to bring out on this is that on the Perdix, and the Peregrine, uh, not on the petrols, but on the Perdix and the Peregrine, you can program those two to have the startup screen with any kind of uh, graphic or text that, that you want. You can put in your own personal logo or the Deep mm -hmm. Stop Scuba logo in there. Yep. But again, it's only the startup screen. It's only there for a few seconds. So mm -hmm. it's probably not practical to put in there uh, an image of a checklist. Right. It wouldn't necessarily work. Yeah. I personally carry my checklist on, on my phone. Yeah. 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 yeah, I've got a phone and then I use a card printer and print off. Yeah. You know, when we print off our certification card, so I just print off checklists. So we're gonna actually we haven't done it yet. We've been planning on doing it for open water students too. We've been a checklist for open water students and, and going from there. So so that's how we do it and, and put it in there. Uh, I've gotten Somebody's got stickers you can put on the the petrol too. That's gonna to have a general general checklist on the outside, like a pre jump checklist. Um, High pressure, low those. pressure, electronics. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. So, yeah. all right. So we are an hour ten. We are past our hour. Like we wow. talked about, you know, plan for 30, 40 minutes, and we'll we'll make it an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, we've gotten through pretty much all the questions. I don't think there's any burning questions last minute. Um, it would be great if you can go through the comments and kind of hit some of them later on. If, if you'd be willing to do sure. that, that'd be amazing. Um, we don't have to do that now, but I'm going to say goodbye to everybody and uh, I'll come back and uh, give you a shout later on. It's been a pleasure. You know, I didn't realize it's been an hour. It's been so fun. Time flew and it's, you know, the old uh, saying, time flies when you're having fun. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you in a minute. All right. Pleasure. All right, guys. Thank you very, very much. Uh, again, thanks, John Cheeseman, for the uh, dad's hat whiskey. Um, that answers your question, Bill Anderson, what I was drinking. It was pretty good um, overall. So uh, just want to give you guys the heads up uh, once again. Thank you very much for our Patreons. Um, I'll throw some page the Patreon thing in the link uh, or link in the comments. Uh, I will throw in the truck lagoon trip for next March. Like I said, there are some spots. There's not a ton, but there are some spots left. Uh, if you want to join us, we got a really good crew going out to that one. Uh, and it's filling up pretty fast with a dirty dozen Aaron Argostrom, uh, truck lagoon, 10 days. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. If you want to grab the podcast, we're on YouTube and Facebook, um, YouTube and Facebook is where this lives. Uh, give us a like and follow over here. You will see that like and follow logo some point in time and suggested videos later on. Thank you very much, everybody. I'm going to go through the comments from, from everybody that asked questions, get a randomized thing. Make sure you guys like a drama diving and sheer water to win that free Peregrine. Uh, like I said, it's coming tomorrow. 
Uh, we will make an announcement in probably early next week. Uh, by the time we get through all the questions, take a look at it, compile it, and get it going. Uh, maybe earlier than that, but we will send a message and post it up on our Facebook page. And we want a picture of you with it at some point in time to advertise that you got it and, and to show you off um, and so that everybody can see it. But again, thank you. Have a wonderful night. Be safe. Uh, and it was wonderful. Like where? Brock. <laughs> Brock, like the Shearwater page on Facebook and like the Drama Diving page on Facebook. Uh, and then I, and then we will randomly select, since you asked questions, anyone that asked a question in here. I hope that answers your question. All right, beautiful. Again, like and follow over here and we will see you guys next time uh, in about two weeks. I got somebody that I'm trying to get on. We're trying to figure out schedules. So have a wonderful day. Thanks guys. Thank mm -hmm. you.